Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suami. And I'm James Rathbone. And here we are. It's another episode. Um, how, how have you been, James? You know, I've been, I've been okay. Um, you know, I had a, a per, I've lost a close friend of mine the last couple of weeks, mm. so, uh, you know, I've been fully on, like, t- 2020 is... You know, as much as people say, it's like, oh, well, maybe 2021 is going to be worse. It's like, shut up. 2020 fucking sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just is a bad year and we'll be better off when it's in, in the past. Yeah. And I, and I know people, you know, they're like, whatever, time is a time is a construct. Yeah. You know, it's like what what nothing materially changes between the year 2020 and 2021. But it's like psychically, it yeah. definitely does. It's, it's, like, it's also that time is not really a construct. Time is a, literally like a physical property of the universe <laughs> it's not like fucking money or something like mm-hmm. the the sun you know uh has us in its orbit the planet goes around it we our body age age you know age time passes mm-hmm. days come and go mm-hmm. and we measure that that's what a year is <laughs> you know like like this this it's it's not like a construct it's a measurement that's a different thing <laughs> You know, so yeah, like, it was well put. You know, it's like, uh, so yeah, let's finish this fucking rotation around the sun, yeah, and uh, and be done with it, and hope that there's something better on the other side. Wow, I absolutely agree with that, and I feel like you know, it's like, I think it's also like it's a good demarcation for like you know what, what the good uh, moment to take stock of like what happened in this year, mm-hmm. what was I happy with, what are certain things that I would like to improve on for next year, what are my goals for next year. Mm-hmm. I always find that kind of stuff useful for sure. And I, you know what I will say, even like you know this episode, as I'm sure you guys have have deduced from reading the description, is about is going to be our 2020 recap mm-hmm. uh, episode. And I would say up until like probably. Maybe like 2017 or 2018, mm-hmm. I kind of like would abhor like lists. I was just like, I'm not going to make a list of like, I'm not going to rank things. I don't really, that's not how I enjoy things is by ranking them in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, I, I have found it pretty useful in in recent years to just like take stock of what I really enjoyed in that year mm-hmm. musically and then just making lists because it's just, for me, it's just like a good way of remembering like what the stuff was. And sometimes you have like a, a run with like a certain album or a song for like, let's say a month where you're super intense about it mm-hmm. and you kind of forget it exists for sure. And like, I don't know. That, I think that's also why everyone's super into the Spotify rap raps thing. Shout out to them because yeah. you might be listening to us because you discovered us on. The, oh my god, that's right. The uh, Metro our Metro Booming episode, and if if you uh, if you stuck with us, well, welcome aboard. Thank you. for, yeah. for checking us out. So for everyone else, like basically one of the one of the the kind of data playlists that Spotify put together this year for the first time actually was. Based on artists you may have listened to a, a lot, or even if it's one song, they mm-hmm. put together a, a, a podcast playlist mm-hmm. where they would highlight different podcast episodes that talked about this artist. And so, for people that like listen to Metro Boom in, in the past year, like I have and like James has, mm-hmm. um, our podcast was, was the kind of companion piece for the Metro for Metro Boom, and that's episode mm-hmm. twenty, uh, a guide to Metro Boom. And so, mm-hmm. from that, we got like you know, honestly, thousands of new listeners mm-hmm. like tuned into the podcast. So. To all those people that are that are, if you're one of the new listeners from from that from the Spotify playlist, like once again, as James said, shout out to you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for for coming and, and spending time with us. Yeah, get comfortable, go into the back catalog, <laughs> get some bangers in there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I know there's like uh, some pushback because of like Spotify being our corporate overlords, 
But the wrapped is a great feature. I know. It just know. really is. It's and you, interesting. You know, people, people, I don't know. I, if you're a musician and you're like annoyed with Spotify, with everyone posting the Spotify raps, like I sort of get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on the other end, it's like people can like have issues with how Spotify compensates musicians and still enjoy their raps. A hundred percent. It's also like this sort of, uh, I understand this stuff is sort of un- in- inescapable, but there's also like a little bit of irony to like, I'm going to take to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to tell you how I don't like Spotify. Wow. Shots fired. I'm just saying. No, it's true. Like, You're right. Okay. And before we end the episode, we want to give a shout out to um, our Patreon subscribers. Uh, thank you guys. You guys are, are coming back to the Patreon. There are, if you go and check out the Patreon, it's at patreon.com slash catch up podcast. We've put in a, not, a lot of new uh, re- rewards or benefits, as they're called. And um, in the coming weeks, James is going to be fulfilling them. And I'll be fulfilling some, but like <laughs> mostly James is going to be working on this stuff because it's like a lot of playlists. Yeah. Making, we, we owe Triple Ryan a playlist. Yes. I dropped the ball on that one. That's okay. I've, oh, I, don't, I actually have made it. I think I can, I can just add to the, what, I, what I have. So Triple yeah. Ryan, it is coming your way. It, you might already be your way by the time this is out. We'll see. Yeah, if that's I, true. If, uh, if, if I'm on the ball enough for, to make that happen. But, yes. uh, and if you have the means, like you should... Definitely, uh, definitely subscribe because it, 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 it's, it, what helps us grow the podcast. And, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that's it. Let's, let's talk about what we're doing for this episode. So this episode is sort of our version of a, uh, end of the year podcast where we're going to, uh, talk about really what mattered for us in music this year. But, um, kind of do something a little bit different than I think we had done in the past, uh, where we just sort of talked about, what our favorite albums were and because a lot of those favorite albums have been get so much coverage in the um you know the traditional year-end places so you know we're gonna instead try and and uh i think put show some of the diversity of the stuff that we're into um and and try and cover some of the uh the stuff that is most a little that maybe overlooked, but yeah, like isn't getting as much press, as much coverage, perhaps. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Let's get into the episode. Yeah. So, Jordan, how did you feel about the fact that we finally got Eternal a take this year? Yeah. So, for, I mean, for those of you that don't know, after a little Uzi Vert's second album, Lovers Rage Two. He kind of went on a bit of a hiatus, and a lot of this stemmed from like having issues with his label, which is um, Generation Now, which you mentioned before. It's like run by Don Cannon and DJ Drama, the DJs from Atlanta, and um, yeah. So, so for years, it, it, for a while, it was like you know Uzi would publicly kind of like slam them and talk about the reason that his new music isn't coming out is because of them, and and it seemed like it was kind of like a financial issue. And then on on when Uzi first, so. I guess around earlier this year, or maybe it was last year, actually, Uzi signed with Rock Nation for management, mm-hmm. and then they seem to like disentangle his like label situation. Like, I don't really know exactly what what happened there, but they seem to figure something out where he was able to produce music. And um, on on one of you know, there, he was he's apparently been working on this album for a very long time, mm-hmm. and he released a few kind of like Lucy singles, mm-hmm. um, one last year and the, some earlier this year, and. You know, he had this one song called Free Uzi, mm-hmm. which I think was one of the best songs of, of last year. And uh, it, in the song, he mentions that he basically mentions that he had some like bad business dealings. And he he even mentions that he like 
at one point owed three million dollars in taxes. Mm. So I, I think that his like his like financial situation was kind of like messed up, and then signing to Rock Nation seemed to help him like disentangle that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then this year we kind of we got like a deluge of, of Uzi f- albums and songs. So mm-hmm. so he released Eternal Ataki earlier this year, and then he he released a deluxe album, which was a full album, like nineteen songs. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it's Little Uzi Vert versus the World 2. Mm-hmm. And his, the original Little well, Uzi Vert. Yeah, love, love, yeah, Little, oh, well, I, I was like, oh, it's Love, oh, Little Uzi Vert. The, love. love. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I loved the album. And also, like, his first, like, Little Uzi Vert versus the World was the first project of Little Uzi's that I really love from front to back. Mm-hmm. Um, Lover, the original Love is Rage is good, but there, you know, it was more like, it was good to see the potential. I feel like Little Uzi versus the World is where I felt a lot of that was realized. Mm-hmm. So that album, ha- that, that uh, project has like songs like Money Longer on it and mm-hmm. P's and Q's. My, and, like, for my money, still his best. I, I think it's his best one too, uh, just because it's like tight. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, with Eternal Talkie and Little Uzi Vert versus the World 2, I think he really kind of like ascended to a new a new level. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like this is the first year that Uzi really, from beginning to end, kind of demonstrated that he is like an A-list rapper. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's also reflected in his relationships with some other A-list rappers. Like if you look at his relationship with like Nicki Minaj, let's say, mm-hmm. or Future, who, who he also released a uh, joint album with this year, it's like... These guys look at Uzi like he's a like he's a top tier star, and he is. And I feel mm-hmm. like these albums really kind of cemented his output as matching his level of of celebrity. Mm-hmm, for sure, um, yeah, they're very creative. I mean, it's one of the things I find in- interesting about Lil Uzi Vert is like he's kind of a weird, like he's he's kind of weirdo. Like yeah. it's like kind yeah. of weird rap that is like like take a song like Futsal Shuffle, mm-hmm. which was sort of like a, a preview single. It's like sounds like early two thousands club music, you know, <laughs> yeah. in, in like Ibiza. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like it, 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 and it, and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed these those records. They were they were a nice little part of the early part of this year, which feels like five years ago. It does, and, and I think also even the thing about Futsal Shuffle, and this is like another thing about what's I think very interesting about Lil Uzi Vert is that he combines a lot of kind of disparate things in terms mm-hmm. of like. Uh, like so, you, you describe Futsal Shuffle, where like the production sounds like two thousands, like you know, club music. Mm-hmm. But then the way he raps is like it is kind of like very like Philly battle rap style. Yeah, like you know, yeah. and like the bar, the the lyrics are about you know the kind of things that a lot of like rappers rap about, and a lot of things that Uzi's interested in, like you know, super high fashion, mm-hmm. jewelry, cars. Uh, cars, casual relationships with different women, <laughs> you know, but yeah. But I like the way that he combines the two and makes it his own. So he has a Philly bat- battle rap style, uh, employs it a lot in this album. Mm-hmm. But it still feels like very different. And it feels like, and it's like sing-songy sometimes. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of really great songs on, on both on both of those projects. And the production is like excellent. Mm-hmm. A lot of it comes from this uh, production collective called Working on Dying. And uh, who are also from Philly, North Philly. Like So he has like an old school like connection with them. But I think that like this album... You know, there's been so much talk about how, you know, a little while ago we were just talking about uh, Megan the Stallion's album and how like how over A and R it can sound and just like, you know, and I think just in general the idea of, of artists who are who are moving away from making like kind of cohesive, sonically similar, you know, mm-hmm. consistent albums in the in favor of going the more like probably Spotify chasing mm-hmm. route where you're just kind of like you're just coming up with different singles basically. The, the songs don't seem to have much of a connection to each other and. 
what I felt like this the, these albums had were like a real sonic consistency that gave it the feeling of an album. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so many things really stand out from this album, but for me, like uh, you know, the song that I that you know, going back and listening to it, the song that I think that really stands out the, the most, or one of them at least, is uh, a song called "Prices" by Ooh, Little Uzi Vert. To me, it, it's just like the production's on point. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun. It's funny. It's it's interesting, and I feel like it really kind of gives you that that you know the glimpse into the life of Lil Uzi Vert, or at least mm-hmm. the life you, you kind of imagine him living mm-hmm. in a really good way. So let's actually listen to a little bit of Prices by Lil Uzi Vert. Heard that Rose Rose is your homies. So you're with that is a loner. My money your rise like my boner. I fuck your bitch and did that off aroma. We whip it up, no baking soda. I turn if I nigga right to Logan Donut. Okay, I feel like I own it. That girl so smart that she walk for diploma. Off white my G-Face all day mama. She gave me head all the way till I'm in coma. I would say one of the things that we kind of we were, we were kind of discussing before we started doing the podcast is that like part of the reason we feel that uh, we want to kind of go for some of the more actually go for some of the more what we feel is overlooked music from this year or stuff that isn't as talked about as much is because. Frankly, there aren't actually that many event albums, especially ones that we haven't really like talked about. Like, for example, mm-hmm. in our most recent one of our most recent episodes, uh, mailbag episode, we talked about um, Little Baby. Yeah, and uh, so his that's the best selling rap album of this year. Crazy. Yeah, my yeah. turn. Um, you know, the Drake album that came out this year, mm-hmm. uh, Dark Lane demos. Demos. You know, it was a bunch of demos. Like, yeah, they're, they're they're. It's like it was. They're basically a bunch of SoundCloud Lucy's mm-hmm. and songs that maybe leaked, mm-hmm. and it's just an official release of it. So it wasn't necessarily like a real album. Yeah, it was a kind of like a a B sides and rarities album. Yes. You know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think in, in other years it would be hard to go with a urine list and not talk about what it in 2017 what damn meant. You know, the Kendrick Lamar album, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. This year, I don't really know that there is a lot. That, you know. Albums like Rowdy Rich, uh, Rich's debut. Please excuse me for being antisocial. Yeah, it's a good record. I, I to me, I think he can do better. I think frankly. he will. I think he can, and he will do better. Do better. It, it, but it's but a like little... you can't go through this year and not talk about the box. Yes, the, the Rowdy box, Rich song. One of the biggest singles of the year for sure. Absolutely, and like that song is fucking exceptional. Yes, it is. Like that's sure. basically. You know, in 2020, I feel like there's there's a lot of different style of like t- you know different types of rappers you can be into. Mm-hmm. But when you have like a crossover like number one smash single like this one that is just actually so good in every yeah. demonstrative way that yeah. a song can be good. You know, great hook, very catchy, mm-hmm. really original production, mm-hmm. um, and also showing like kind of like the birth of a new star in a lot of ways. Yes. Like it, I don't know, I just, I just really love that song. Yeah, and he and it's like he's him keeping. Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez both out of the number, number one, one spot. That's yeah. pretty hilarious. Again, yes. that feels like so long ago. It, it was. was in it was. Yeah, February. Uh, so yeah, it was a long time ago. But uh, you know, that was a big. That was probably one of the biggest single of the year. I would say almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's so there's that. There's like obviously Megan Thee Stallion released a, a big album that we talked about a bit yeah, in the yeah. last episode. And WAP, the Cardi B, uh, the Cardi, Cardi B, B song. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, I feel like you know, as far as the other biggest songs of the year, I mean, like you guys, you guys, you know, you guys can find this stuff easily. I think we should talk about like the stuff that is a little more under the ra- radar that we're into yeah. from this year. 
So how about you kick it off with something? Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is slightly out of our other, the sort of rap trap, uh, you know, box that we kind of often uh, discuss. But, um, you know, there's a new sort of R&B artist who I discovered this year who I think is the most exciting, like, new voice I've heard in a very long time is this New York singer. Uh, I Her name is pronounced Jayla, but I think, it, but it, I like, I had no idea how that it was pronounced that until I looked like found her saying it because it's spelled Z S E L A Z S E L A. Yes. Okay. But it's pronounced Jayla. Okay. Uh, and she, so she's kind of, she, she released uh, an EP this year and like, to me, she is sort of like a, a Sade, like to you know um an heir to like the Sade sort of throne mm-hmm. she put out uh, an ep called um ache of victory and uh yeah her voice is is transcendently good um so uh yeah i uh, that she she was someone who i, I was it's i don't know when there's certain types of singers that you find and you're like wow this is like I I mean, yeah, it's like hearing Sade for the first time. Mm. So she's still pretty under the radar. Um, You know, she, but some of her stuff has, you know, a couple, like a hundred thousand, a couple hundred thousand uh, plays on Spotify. But Mm. I see her as someone who is going to be like a star for a very long time. Interesting. Okay. What's, what's a song you'd like to play from, from her? Um, I think, uh, uh, I'm gonna go with Drinking by Jayla. Little in, dressed and ready, dig your heels in, not so steady. Wine on the carpet, wait till you find it. I don't have the strength to hide it. I've been drinking again. I've been drinking again I've been losing all my friends Jordan, how about you? What uh, what was like a, one of your great discoveries or finds this year? Okay, so one of the most exciting discoveries of this year for me was somebody that... Uh, it's a guy from Houston who I would describe as like calling him a rapper is just not fully accurate because he raps, but he also sings in a very like rock and roll kind of style. Um, it's a guy that somebody posted in the Boosie Fade group earlier this year. And then I, I watched this video. It's a dude named Tizo Touchdown. Mm. So he's from Houston. He's really young. I think he's like, you know, 17, 18 in that range. And so the first song that he released that I saw was a song called Sucka. And um, and there was a really like gushing post about it on on Rolling Stone's website, but it's like the song "Sucka" is like it sounds like it's like it's like uh, an audio version of black exploitation. Basically, it's like mm. he's using a lot of that kind of like seventy slang, like you jab turkey kind of kind of vibe. <laughs> right. And then, it, yeah, it it, it kind of I don't know. It it really so it it's kind of like a little bit. It, it definitely was hip hop, but it was also like a little funky and all this stuff. So. I really, this song, like, really, I was like, this is just interesting. And then also the music video style. It's like him in this, like, empty 
like field basically mm-hmm. uh performing with his shirt off like kind of very rock rock star style mm-hmm. and so i was right away i was kind of like this this guy's interesting because his style was so different and he just like visually was going for something very different mm-hmm. but then like the subsequent songs that he's released have sounded like very stylistically different mm-hmm. but also excellent and um so the one that really there's there's kind of two that i'm really kind of very obsessed with right now one is called Root, rooting for you um, which is just kind of like a very romantic kind of like song. Um, and it's just like this guy kind of bearing his soul. And I don't know. I just find it like the, the packaging is very interesting. But the, I think the one that I actually want to play is a song called Social Cues. And this is a really, to me, a very interesting song about, about maybe not being the most socially adept uh, person in the world and like a, a really good spin on like how that can sound. So mm. let, me, let me play a little bit of Tizo Touchdown Social Cues. Sometimes I lay in my bed for 18 hours straight Watching the same movie on replay Because I need a mental vacation Sometimes when I'm out like at a public place I see someone and turn the other way Because I suck at conversation I may be missing a few screws so yeah i guess the, the point is what i find really interesting about tizo touchdown is that he to me is very emblematic of like i have a few friends who are kind of like um you know black dude musicians who kind of came up in the rock and roll scene but also really like hip-hop mm-hmm. and like i'm just thinking of like jamal padmore for instance mm-hmm. like and um and you know what i found is like i know multiple people that are like like this but there's they're not necessarily that widely represented in the in the broader musical space i feel like their voice isn't really like mm-hmm. there are artists that kind of like that tap into this this kind of vibe, this like that rock star vibe a little bit mm-hmm. but like sometimes it's more like aesthetics than actual sound mm-hmm. like obviously like little uzi does it Rico Nasty does it and it's starting to come out in her sound a lot more, which I really like. Mm-hmm. But like to get this kind of like it is a very like Andre 3000 esque kind of like influence like vibe. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Tizo is really like he's at, at the precipice of like I think he can be I think he he can be a superstar just mm-hmm. because of like his voice is so unique and so is like a lot of the, the stuff that he's shown so far. Mm-hmm. And it's just nice to see this kind of like this vibe of like, you know, kind of young dude, hip, likes hip hop loves rock and roll mixes it both in the music and I, I don't know i just i just see a really bright future for him also because his songs have like a lot of substance to them like there's like they're about very specific like emotions and experiences and i think that that's that you know that's gonna have legs and and, and a lot of like appeal to a wide audience mm-hmm. that's great mm-hmm. uh, i i had not heard of him so i'm interested in checking him out yeah i wonder if you like it um one thing I think we'd be remiss to not talk about is kind of like a, an interesting thing that's happened this year where uh, kind of like almost an old school style of street rap has become very popular this year, almost almost coming into the mainstream. Uh, and by that, I mean the, the the style of sort of like in, artists influenced by kind of art, by people like The Locks, Jadakiss, uh, you know, old Jay-Z, Beanie Siegel, that mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a few of them who there's all the Griselda guys. Yes, of course. Uh, so that's Conway the Machine, West Side Gun, and Benny the Butcher, mm-hmm. and Boldy James, and, and now Boldy James. Yeah, Boldy James. Um, there's 
Freddie Gibbs. Oh, yes. Sort of, of had his really starting to have his, like, I think, star turn kind of happen. Man, it's kind of crazy to see what's happening for Freddie Gibbs, who just was nominated for Best Rap Album at the oh, Grammys. Exactly. It's like he's so deep into his career. Mm-hmm. Also, Royce the Five Nine got a nomination. Mm-hmm. And it's like, see, this has been so interesting to see, for me to see both these guys kind of get that, like, you know, people are always like, "Well, the, what is the? Who cares about the Grammys when their art, their favorite artists aren't nominated?" Mm-hmm. But you see how artists react to getting nominated for Grammys. Like, it still matters because it still it's matters. like at the end of the day, this is the pinnacle of like of being honored for your by your peers and critics in the industry of mm-hmm. like having produced the best work in the genres mm-hmm. that you're in. So, as much as like you, we 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 can say it doesn't matter, and as much as like. You know, the influence of artists like Frank Ocean and Drake, who have recently boycotted the Grammys, are just not gone and decided not to work with them. Like, and, and you know, say, like trying to defang or take the power away from the Grammys, it still matters to the artists, like straight mm-hmm. up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they wouldn't boycott it if they weren't upset about how it's being run. And part of that upset is like, they're like, I don't feel like I'm uh, fairly honored by this, by this award show. Mm-hmm. So, Anyway, I'm really happy to see Freddie Gibbs and Royce the Five Nine so far into their careers get these nominations because it is a validation of their journey mm-hmm. and a validation of their talent in a way. Yeah, there's something kind of interesting about it. The whole that it's it it's to call it like a movement or like a subgenre is probably um, uh, is probably like a little bit unfair because it's frankly these the only the things that they share are like influences and, and sort of subject matter and style but and producers but it's not like they're other than griselda which is like a buffalo thing it isn't like this is like a um a scene in a city or something like that where we use but i i do feel like there is this this common thread mm-hmm. through through all these artists and it's kind of like the the music i've you've i don't know there's like this phenomenon where i'm like this is a thing that people have wanted for a really long time mm-hmm. and it has existed, but it hasn't always felt like it th- it's found the audience. Like the people who like post backpacker memes about like SoundCloud rappers, mm-hmm. I've always been like, why do you even care about this? Because there are all of these other rappers you can just be listening to mm-hmm. that aren't Takashi 6 9 you know, mm-hmm. like not that I think anyone should listen to Takashi 6 9 <laughs> but like, the, you know, the more the point about like, I don't know what they're saying in their music and then yeah. they're taking too many drugs and these all this damn mumble rappers why won't they pull up their pants exactly and, and like you know do you remember when rap was real and it's like well if that's like your viewpoint that's fine you know we all have like different tastes and, and values and stuff but it's like the griselda guys freddie gibbs you know someone like um denzel curry mm-hmm, you know who mm-hmm. put out a cool lp with, that i think we did talk about on this podcast with uh, kenny beats earlier this year um, you know, there's the, these people who are really have the spirit of the nineties in mm-hmm. them while keeping it fresh. Um, what was your favorite of those kinds? You know, there's like Freddie Gibbs, Alfredo, yeah. there's all the Griselda stuff. What was your favorite of the releases? This so year? it's, it's really hard to say for me. Like I, I was, I've always been really in specifically into Benny the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Like he's I, got a great voice. He's got a great voice and he's just like the punchiest rapper. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I, I I've been really into him, but I, like of the albums that came out for me, it was Conway the Machine's album, mm. which is called From a King to a God. Mm-hmm. That I think for me was like kind of like had that the best vibe in terms of like you know it had like it had some really deep emotions in it, and it it was like very punchy, a lot of punchlines, and um and I don't know like I you know I with the Griselda guys, um so for those of you that 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 don't, may not know. Griselda Records is the name of this of the of the label of these 
three dudes who are all from Buffalo, New York, Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, and um, oh my God, West Side Gun. Gun. West Side Gun, who also had a great album this year. Yes, they all, all um, did. And I don't know, through, through almost through sheer force of will and consistency, they've made it from being like kind of like niche artists on mm-hmm. the on the in the hip hop underground mm-hmm. to now moving so close to the center of the genre that they're being name checked by Jay Z, mm-hmm. Rick Ross, Rick Ross. You know, like like the, they Drake, mm-hmm. Drake and Benny the Butcher apparently have some songs that are going to be coming out at some point. That is a very strange combo to me. I, to, but Drake always pulls it off somehow. But, so. Yeah, it is a strange combo, but it's also like I'm so fucking excited to hear what they produce because mm-hmm. it's like. You know that if Drake is rapping alongside Benny the Butcher, Drake's gonna be going into his Benny bag. That's true. And I want to hear what Drake's Drake's yeah. like, you know, cosplaying as Benny the Butcher sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It's curious. I'm curious, right? Does he go like Western Road flows, six a.m. in whatever city kind of Drake? Does he, or does he like try and, yeah, like I don't know, eight thirty in Buffalo <laughs> kind of thing? I don't know. I don't know how he does that, but. Interested to find out. I really loved uh, the Boldy James, The Price of Tea in China. Uh-huh. That that record to me is it the one with Jay Versace? Uh, no, that's the Versace tape. Yeah, so that's the that's the Alchemist one, um, produced by Alchemist, I think, for the most part, um, or entirely, entirely. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just really atmospheric. I actually preferred it to just like in terms of production to the um, Alfredo, the Freddie Gibbs record that mm-hmm. he had with Alchemist. This year. It's pretty good, but. It's more, uh, I, I don't know. I felt like Alfredo was a little overshadowed by um, uh, Freddie Gibbs's collaborations with Mad Lib, mm-hmm. which, like, it was just the production is so, so good on those mm-hmm. that it's hard not to kind of be a little sort of. It's like this feels a little bit like a slightly inferior version. Although, yeah, any I Freddie, know. I any know. Freddie Gibbs is still good. It's still just not, it doesn't have quite that. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's a little, they're a little bit more fun. I like that they have all those like weird little samples that like, kind of in like the MF Doom throwback style of mm-hmm. Mad Lib, you know, mm-hmm. like um which may add some a nice character to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like they con it contrasts better with like some of the other Freddie Gibbs' stuff which ha- is more like almost more like Griselda or something more traditional sort of street rap mm-hmm. production rather than than like a kind of undergroundy stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but still, it's still a, a very solid album. Um, but yeah, that that was like kind of an interesting thing to see this movement kind of going into the mainstream. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, like let's go out and let's play play something from from one of these albums. Like for me, I think um, you know, even though I think I, I probably enjoyed Conway the Machine's album the most out of this set, the song that I actually want to want to play some of is uh, a song by Benny the Butcher with Lil Wayne and Big Sean. Mm great record well, maybe we'll talk about this a little later but like Lil Wayne's had an amazing 2020 by the way I mean well, not apart from the Trump thing musically yeah, musically, musically Lil Wayne has a, had a great year um, Lil Wayne's political decisions you know questionable at, at best um, oh, as always as always that's true it's also like you know maybe I'm not I'm not out here looking for Lil Wayne's political opinion like, 100%. Know, like it's yeah. like his political opinion has negative influence it has like zero impact on anything i would think about politics you know yeah yeah it's in fact you probably want to do whatever the opposite of whatever the opposite is of what he's saying that's probably <laughs> what you want to believe <laughs> at any true. given time you know? but i will say he's wrapped exceptionally well this year which is exciting to see but so this on this song uh timeless with benny the butcher the production really sounds like to me like almost something out of the like 2000s like kind of like heat makers-esque like mm-hmm. which are the, the, the 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 sound architects of like a lot of the diplomats like cameron mm-hmm. uh uh, that era but like 
but it, it, in a way that I, I find is really refreshing. So let's listen to a little bit of Timeless with Benny the Butcher, Lil Wayne, and Big Sean. I do this for suffering children and checks from government buildings. A dope boy who made a check from other than dealing. What a good feeling when they know you one in a million. The feds bury half of my niggas under the building. Don't judge my life now, nigga, because I've been mad stressed. On tour with the locks and had a project address. Before this rap shit, all my direct assets came from high-risk hazards. You know, Pyrex glasses. A long way to the Prezi from the Timex Classic. I got lines from a year ago that y'all just catching. I thought smaller than I grew. Got to find out it was true. Money changed the people around quicker than it changed you. You know what Big said? I'm good long as the kids fed. How niggas stole dirt on your name and then beg. Nah, we don't feel sorry for niggas. Get bread. Cause for them California kings, we slept in the twin bed. Us a king to a god, nigga. I'm gonna live forever. Feet on the ground, a hundred and a And that's the end of part one of our 2020 wrap up. Um, thank you guys very much for listening. We want to give a big shout out to our Patreon subscribers. We got some some goodies headed your ways, including some playlists, some other stuff, uh, which you'll be getting in the coming weeks. Thank you very much. And if you're listening and you have the means and you'd like to support the podcast, please uh, check us out on Patreon. We have, we have some nice perks. And it's also like your support will keep us going and keep us growing. Another way you can do that is by telling a friend you think would be interested in the podcast. Do us and yourselves a favor. Send them a link, you know, uh, let them, if there's an episode or topic that you think they might be interested in, send them a link to that episode or just tell them to subscribe and check us out, uh, check out our latest episodes. And, uh, you know, we love it when you, uh, post a screenshot, if you listen to the episode on your Instagram and tag us, that, uh, always makes our day. It's great to see people listening and enjoying. And, uh, we love getting your comments on Instagram or Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at Rattlebone on, I think both, um, you're at Jordan is Joso. Jordan is Joso. Hit me up on Instagram or hit us up on our our, our, ins- our, our Instagram account, our podcast Instagram account, which is at Ketchup Podcast. Uh, keep sending in your questions. We got some really good questions in the last little while that we'll be answering in the next few weeks. But if you have a question about hip hop, something or a topic you want us to discuss, just slide into our DMs and and we will bring it up on this podcast. Even not hip hop, it can be RB. It could be about yes. um, our personal lives or yes. secrets we've never shared with anyone <laughs> you know maybe we'll, we'll get into it it yeah. might be very, very therapeutic so uh yeah you know any whatever's on your mind send us even if it's a, one of those comments that's really a question maybe we'll yeah. figure out how to turn it into a question that's true i like that um so we want to give a big shout out to the people that help us make this podcast that's our producer kyle um our researcher Corey, and the, the man who made our music caleb uh yeah until until next time be well be well <laughs>